and welcome. This is Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Beth Demer with Heartbeat International, and it's good to welcome you here today. This episode is brought to you by Pregnancy Out News for news articles that provide updates on current events, happenings, and milestones within the pregnancy help community around the world. Visit pregnancyhelpnews.com or download the app today. So today I have a guest with me, Lisa Penny. Uh, She is with the Pittsburgh Transformation Center, and I'm really excited to have this conversation and have you get to know her a little bit. Lisa uh, has contributed to several of our publications that go out from Heartbeat. Uh, You may have read some of those. She is going to be a workshop presenter at our upcoming 2021 Heartbeat Conference, and uh, she has a lot to share and we're just going to jump right in here. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, Beth. How are you? I'm great. It's great to be here with you today. Thank you for being with us. I thought we would just um, take a few minutes here at the beginning, and let's just have you share your story. Tell us you know, who you are and what you'd like our listeners to know about your personal story. I am from Pittsburgh. You could say semi-retired. I come from an Italian background, and um, part of that background included some dysfunction, as you could imagine. And when I hit my 40s, I had to start working through the family ramifications and the personal ramifications of that dysfunction. And so I did that. It was me and God most of the way. But I've always had an interest in human behavior Not so much personal or professional development, but personal development and how God can heal damaged emotions. So from the time I was 40 through probably my late 50s, I became very aware of my need. And mostly because that need showed up with, basically, I was frozen. All of the sudden, everything that worked for me stopped working for me. So all my prayer routines, the things that brought me joy, the ways that I served in the body of Christ, I continued to do them, but I felt nothing. I was numb. And that was pretty scary. But I had two scriptures that I hung on to during that time. And one was from Isaiah that said, once more, the remnant of Israel will bear roots below and fruit above. Now, I had no idea what that would look like, except I knew that even though I felt frozen my, in my search, my roots were going deeper. Um, so there were some, some job changes and things like that. I went from working in a small Christian school to working in a inpatient drug and alcohol rehab right in the middle of the hood. And that was a major change. And then from there, because I burnt out, um, I went to work for a healthcare system. And one day while I was en route to that healthcare system, uh, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, do you want to go into the tombs of shame with me? And I was like, what? I don't quite understand that. A few days later, I came across a scripture that talked about treasures hidden in darkness. 
So I knew I was on the right track because a tomb automatically has some darkness to it. And in all of that, this is how God started to prepare me for my life's work. Um, The things that I learned as I walked through my unresolved trauma were now the nuggets that I was able to start to give away to others. And as I was doing that, I always knew I wanted to coach, but I never found a coaching program. Um, But somewhere towards the end of that journey, I came across a coaching program by Tony Stolstis, and he coaches the heart. And it was the absolute thing that God used to accelerate my own healing and then my growth so that I have become, in a sense, broken bread and poured out wine for others. Eventually, I changed so much that I left the job I was at and started the Pittsburgh Transformation Center. So now I coach other people that are experiencing anxiety or unresolved trauma. And that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a great story to stick to, Lisa. It's, it's, it's just fascinating. And, and I love how uh, the Lord just works in us to bless us and yet at the same time bless others through it. And it's kind of that concept of he comforts us in ways we can comfort others. Mm-hmm. So that um, the poured out wine um, sort of illustration, just thinking about that visually, uh, really kind of depicts that. And it's just fascinating. Tell me a little bit more about the Pittsburgh Transformation Center. And, you know, I, I don't have any bias. Let me just say that. But, you know, being a Pittsburgh girl, I, I love that's mm-hmm. where you're located. So tell us about that a little bit, the Pittsburgh Transformation Center. Sure. So uh, about two years ago, maybe a little bit more, I started it and I was doing it on the side. And then I decided to go full time and then COVID hit. But it doesn't matter because I coach people that have anxiety or are stuck in transition or are dealing with trauma. So that goes with you anywhere. You could be sitting on a bus and somebody's going to start talking to you and telling you how hard it is right now for them during COVID. I personally don't get on buses, but I'm just using that for an example. Yeah. Wherever you go, your call follows. And so I end up in conversations with people. And Pittsburgh Transformation Center is a place where you can have the issues of your heart dealt with in Christ in a very concentrated way. So instead of dealing with problems, we're dealing with the heart issues, the woundings, the beliefs that surface because of the events of our life that that maybe you've experienced. And for the most part, having worked through my own issues, it actually makes me able to see their heart better. I can understand people better. So whether I'm with you face-to-face or I'm doing a Zoom meeting, what I'm listening for is your heart, where you want to go, the wounds, identifying blocks, identifying triggers, and then 
This is the best part of everything I do. We go right to Jesus. We ask him what he wants to say to us. And there's lots of questions you can ask. But basically, I'm teaching people how to hear God for themselves and receive from God. Hmm. And so that self-care piece now becomes this triune thing. So you, you might come see me for a little bit, but I'm not like a counselor. I just facilitate your healing with Christ so that you can connect deeply with him. And that's what I love doing. Wow. That's fantastic. And I love that you love doing it. Uh, and again, how it's it's blessing many, many people. Um, you know, you mentioned before about your transition in your position. And I know that's part of what you've written for us and um, mm-hmm. have we put out there to our pregnancy help community uh, because calling is a big part of what our folks sort of focus in on as they come into their positions. And um, so it's just good to hear that you're able to facilitate. I, I, I love that, that concept of facilitating what God is doing in someone's life. And so for us here in the pregnancy help community, Many, many people who have a great commitment to serve the Lord, but it doesn't make us exempt from our own issues or our own background. Uh, And so the idea of self-care and a little bit of uh, exploratory into the things that cause certain behaviors or make us feel a certain way is very, very helpful to someone who is serving on a daily basis. So I love that we've made the connection with you and that you've put uh, some effort already into just helping uh, folks along in that process. Um, Makes me think about the fact that we're coming up on the end of the year of 2020, and I know a lot of people are pretty excited about getting out of this year. It's like (laughs) when you're in a bad inning in a baseball game, you just can't wait for it to be over and move to the next one. So. But thinking about a new year, Lisa, you know, the idea of new beginnings, I'm not a big fan of resolutions, but I am a fan of taking a step back and doing a little reflection, sort of doing a reset for things that maybe aren't working real well or something that you've noticed and want to pay attention to with um, some opportunity for intentionality as you start the new year. Again, the idea of being able to start fresh with good self-care, if you've let that wane a little bit, um, and and thinking through just a healthy work-life balance. So uh, I'm excited to talk through those things with you here today and to get your input and your wisdom and your experience. I know one of those concepts, I think, as you think about intentionality and starting fresh is... The idea of being and not doing, uh, which is really, really exciting for me, uh, the idea of being and not doing, because particularly in our pregnancy help community, doing is high at the top of the list. We do a lot and we need to do a lot because we work in this mission field created by abortion. But there's this interesting concept of being as opposed to doing. You want to talk to us about that a little bit? Sure. You know, it's not a, it's not limited to the work you do in crisis pregnancy. 
everywhere you go, you hear the concept of do more and there's going to be a big purpose for your life and you can have it all. And all that stuff makes you combined, makes you strive. So when I think back on when I was a little bit younger and I would sit in on a message, the emphasis was always serving God, serving God, serving God. And it was considered sacrificial and even spiritual the more you denied yourself and worked yourself to the point of exhaustion. And I watched all of that. And I participated in all of that too. When you're young, it's a little bit easier to recover from, you know, a a point of exhaustion. But as you get a little bit older, it's not that easy. Or as the problems become a little bit heavier, it's not that easy. So the idea of doing is an incomplete message, but we have to step back just to take time, not just for ourselves, but to be with God, because even Jesus withdrew to lonely places. I don't think he'd have been able to sustain the pace and the intensity of what he was doing in three years if he didn't take that time to just be with the Father. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And I, I just so appreciate that being brought to the forefront because Uh, again, I think we get to this place where busyness becomes like a badge of honor. It's good to be busy and to do, 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 do. And then that can sometimes even excel to the fact that your identity becomes about what you do instead of who you are. And I think the way that God looks at us is who we are, not what we do. And you know, a calling is a very important thing, and God gives us the privilege of working Uh, with him in his world and with the people that he loves, but it's not what gives us our value, right? So the idea that I always have looked at is we can be human beings or human doings, but in truth, we're a little bit of both because works without faith is dead and faith without works, you know, that whole thing, but there's a balance there and we need to find that balance. We need to find the work-life balance, the place where we are sons and daughters of God, as well as servants of God, because scripture talks about them both. And one without the other is incomplete and out of balance and can throw us into a really unhealthy state, both physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Because if we find our identity in what we're doing, we forget that our identity is in him, that we have inherited this kingdom and we are co-laboring with Christ. Yeah, it's a really good point. And, you know, remembering who we are and how God sees us and the value that he places on us just simply because we're made in his image it can be something that gets lost in the mix of busyness and doing. Again, that balance, I think, is really important. I I remember um, some years ago now, but uh, I had the opportunity as we were working with pregnancy centers overseas um, to do a little 
extended travel after a conference that we did and uh, got to spend a couple days in Paris, which was absolutely delightful. And part of that trip, we took a day down in the Loire Valley and toured some of those beautiful castles. And the, the last castle we went in was four stories all based around this central winding staircase. It was absolutely beautiful. And uh, the tour went up floor by floor. And so then when you were done on the fourth floor, you took the four flights down the staircase to go out the door. And um, I was sort of lingering in the back and uh, was the last person to go down the steps. And I was with uh, Peggy Hartshorn, who was the president of Heartbeat then. And um, we were walking down the steps. And because I was at the very back and no one could see me, I started walking like a princess would walk down those steps <laughs> and uh, kind of doing the wave. And I had this moment where uh, I said to Peggy, wouldn't it be so fun if you really were the princess and your dad was the king and this was your castle and I was just being silly and waving and sort of, you know, elegantly going down those <laughs> steps. And I had this, you know, moment in time, one of those defining moments where I could hear the father say, you are the princess and I am the king. And I think those moments where God reminds us is exactly for the reason uh, that we're talking about, because we can get lost in a lot of other things and really forget about our true identity. And in forgetting about our true identity, really devaluing who we are as a, as a daughter of the king. It's so true. There are so many messages. They come at us and they come from within us. And it confuses and muddles not just the voice of God, but whatever it is that is truth, whatever it is that is pure and lovely. And now we're left with having to filter all that stuff out. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I think in the filtering process, we get to this place where if we're not truly intentional about who we are, about who God says we are, about our value. And we're putting a lot of emphasis on the doing uh, and the striving. There's this weird component that comes in that we're looking for approval constantly. Mm -hmm. And uh, it really does sort of upset that balance. Would you, would you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. So we, we come into this world And we have parents that take care of us. And then we start to look for their approval because it's that nurturing thing that helps us to grow. And then we go to school and you get grades. And that is a sign of approval. And so throughout all of our lives, there's always this idea of an attaboy, an approval. Um, And it operates like, an undercurrent. Nobody ever goes into their boss and says, I just need you to tell me I'm doing a good job. But we think it. And nobody ever says, well, I'm really sad. I did all this work and I wasn't recognized for it. But we feel it. It's the things that we don't know how to get in an honest and true way that ends up being something we cannot say out loud because it's just inappropriate. So that's where you come back to the father and you're like, well, 
What did you think, God, of what I did in your name or for this agency? I just need to hear it from my father that he approves. And that's a big paradigm shift for a lot of people. But it's also the thing that anchors us in his love. Yeah, such a beautiful thing. And, you know, um, I think that eventually, I, I mean, at least for some of us, I think eventually we get there, but sometimes it's a delayed process instead of our first place to go. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of go down the list of trying to get approval, trying to get approval, falling into that striving a little bit. I know in the pregnancy help community, sometimes that turns into a little bit of a competitive nature of having the biggest, best, highest, you know, number of clients or biggest mm. budget. And you don't necessarily even know you're doing it, but I do see it as the motivator sometimes that's behind that. And you do get to that striving place and that exhaustion place where if we could learn that really, you know, our value and worth is in the father and who he says we are and we can go there first. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is just like the flip side of the coin from doing is being the flip side of the work you're doing creates a sort of competition. There's always an underbelly. We do things for the glory of God and because it promotes growth and whether that's growth in the ministry or growth in our clients or what have you. And the unspoken or the underbelly that is that is the thing that motivates us and it's the unhealthy part of the motivation. So there's a good part and a and an unhealthy part. And competition in and of itself doesn't seem to be a problem. But the un, why do we com, why do we compete? We compete because we're still searching for an emotional need to be met. So we talked about approval as being one of those emotional needs. And when you have it and there's a threat of losing it, that's when you can compete. Same with money. When you have it and there's a threat of losing it, that's when you hustle to make sure you don't lose that money or that claim to fame, whatever it might be, a position. So we compete when we're fearful that we're going to lose something. And everything about emotional needs is like, pretty dynamic to me. We have basic emotional needs and then we have these ones that nobody ever talks about. We need to be loved. Everybody talks about that and cared for. But we also need to feel valued and we talk about worth, but we talk about it in an abstract way or we talk about it with relationship to doing. I earned my keep. I I'm valued because I did X, Y, and Z. But the truth is, is that God designed us to have all of our heart's desires met in him. Psalm 37 says that, that he gives us the desires of our heart. But I don't think he meant cars, money, fame, and fortune. I think he meant emotional needs. If you grew up in a place where you didn't experience a lot of security, a big emotional need you have is for safety and security. And if you're working somewhere 
and it's unstable. Maybe there's an organizational change and you don't know your place anymore. Maybe there's a change in leadership and you really aren't sure if your position is secure. You can go to God and say, Jesus, I just need you to walk with me today because in you I'm secure. And then sometimes, you know, if you're, if you're spiritually attuned and you can think outside of the box, sometimes I just imagine myself linking arms with Jesus and going into the workplace together. And that, that image is what makes me feel secure and connected and safe. And maybe you can tell I didn't feel very safe or secure growing up. I just sort of outed myself. (laughs) Yeah, you know, outing yourself is a good practice. I appreciate that transparency. And I think we all can benefit from being more transparent um, along the way because it leads us to a place of that uh, emotional healing and wholeness. So this is so good, Lisa, and I I really do think that it um, is applicable to everyone. Uh, You know, and in our world, I think just because of the nature of um, being someone that's committed to serving the Lord and really having that desire to uh, serve women who are in need, it's not so much cars and fortune and fame. We, we realize that's not our jam, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, it, but, it, but it is the idea of more service, more sacrifice to, to what can be an unhealthy place. And I love that you have talked several times already about, well, the opposite of that is. So it's the idea of, you know, like you're explaining here, going to those deeper places and being intentional to do it. It's sort of the remedy for uh, those things and takes us to the true desires of our heart. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we can serve with, you know, greater purity and without that striving um, component and that exhaustion and that weariness. And I could go on and on and on. Mm -hmm. I think that weariness and exhaustion is the thing that takes people out of their call. And I know that from personal experience. While I was working um, at the Christian school, every year I would say, in the summertime, I would say, God, do you want me to stay or go? And one year I had a dream. And in the dream, I knew I was being called up to serve. And so I went into school the day before it started. And I said, I'm going to tell you this is my last year. And they laughed, but I said, when I told them I had a dream, they knew I was serious because I am a dreamer and I do know that God speaks that way. So I left and I went to work in a dual diagnosed drug and alcohol facility. Um, And I knew I was called, but I wasn't healed. And so in the process, I, um, I was getting more jammed up and I turned into somebody I didn't like. And that um, I got to a point where not only was it an unhealthy environment to work in, it was unhealthy. I was unhealthy. Yeah, that's um, that's very interesting. And I think that can happen easily sometimes if we have the wrong idea of 
the value of what we do as opposed to the value of who we are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I love the idea of these big conceptual sort of thoughts and knowing truth. And, um, but I also absolutely am a believer in practical application. So can you sort of um, walk us through knowing that we don't want to fall into these pits or these traps, how do we keep ourselves in that healthy place, in that place where we can really um, do the things you've talked about already, know our heart and be in fellowship with the Father that really gives us what we need? Uh, For me, it's about doing less. So if my normal practice was to get up at five in the morning and read a devotional and answer some questions from that devotional and then read and pray for an hour, I personally would step away from that. And I did step away from that because that became a a list thing for me. Mm-hmm. So I stepped away from that and I just started sitting, sitting still and letting my thoughts just bubble up to the surface and offering them to God, the good, the bad, the ugly. And so what I, what happened from that was I became more aware of the motives in which I was operating in. Some of them were good, some of them not so good. And because I had this coaching training, it allowed me to dig a little bit deeper and say, ask myself, why am I doing that? And what does my heart really need? And then I could ask the father to give me those things. And so the idea of asking became central. Sitting still, allowing thoughts to actually surface rather than suppressing them and and thinking of them as bad thoughts, negative thoughts, contrary to the word of God. And I just allowed them to come up because if he already knows they're in there, why do I have to hide? Yeah, it's a really good point because I think sometimes we do think we can hide. And, you know, I love the, the concept of asking as well because for a couple of reasons. Number one, because I understand that God doesn't like to hide from us. And he promises us that when we seek him, we'll find him. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of asking, God wants us to ask. He wants to reveal himself to us. He wants to be more known to us. Right. And didn't Jesus say to, oh, I forget who it was. What do you want me to do for you? Well, every one of us are saying, fix my life. Yeah. In some way, that's what we're saying. So Jesus, today, here's what I need you to do. I need you to tell me it's going to be okay. I, I need you to tell me that you're with me. Because if I know he's with me, I'm good. And he's the refiner. So within that, he's like, you don't need that today. You can let that go. Yeah, That's, that's some crazy making thinking. You don't need to think like that. And I go, oh, okay, I, ca- I can let go of that now. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's always that point of um, truth and, and life uh, where he can point us. But we, we do have to be open to that and we do have to be intentional to ask. You know, one of my favorite scripture verses uh, is in the book of Joshua 
where Joshua is facing the Battle of Jericho. And uh, it's looking pretty scary. It probably looked a lot like uh, some of the components of 2020 as he's <laughs> You know, I got to lead these folks into battle and there's a lot of big walls around this city and the geographical position of this city makes this very difficult. Uh, So the man shows up in front of him with a drawn sword and because he's a military leader, he asks a very logical question, right? Are you for me or are you against me? The thing is, he doesn't um, get the answer he expects. He gets a neither answer. Uh, And then he proclaims, it's as captain of the host of the Lord's army uh, that I've come. And it causes Joshua to fall face down on the ground and ask a second question. And knowing that he's in the presence of God uh, with that declaration, the second question is not about Joshua at all. The second question is, Lord, what do you have to say to your servant? And I think the practice of of every day asking, Lord, what do you have to say to your servant? And not just every day sometimes, sometimes hour by hour or minute by minute, it takes us back to center. It takes us back to truth, who we were designed to be and what our actual needs are uh, so that God can um, really speak to our heart and, and minister to us through the Holy Spirit in our heart uh, to bring us to the places where We don't strive. We don't question. We know our value. We know we're loved. All of those things. I always say that I have to know I'm loved at the heart level. Otherwise, I'm just another person that knows that scripture, but does not believe it. Mm -hmm. Deep down, you, you know, and we all feel that way sometimes, but I'll never forget there was a woman I was talking to. And she just right out said to me, I know God loves me, but I don't believe it. I don't feel it. Wow. But she had a chronic illness. And so I could understand where she was coming from because um, everything that she was taught about God was not occurring. And that's when we end up attaching an outcome to a relationship. When in fact, the only promise we need is that he's with us all the time through every valley, any loss, any chronic illness. You know, he promises to never leave us. And if so, if you're chronically ill and you have and you're wondering why God hasn't healed you, you might end up saying, well, maybe he doesn't love me like he loves someone else. And again, that's another thing that people don't say out loud, even though that one time somebody did. Most of us just never say that out loud. Most of us never get that honest about what we're thinking. But when we do and we bring it before the Father and allow him to speak truth to us, we make room in our heart for that truth. Yeah, that's just um, so beautiful. And uh, I I love that, again, just a a reminder of things that we already know uh, is so helpful to us in our lives, in our everyday lives, in that real place where we sometimes struggle. So I appreciate you taking us there today and helping us to to center and renew a right spirit uh, as only God can do. Um, Lisa, this has been so 
uh, Rich, I appreciate, again, your transparency, sharing your own story, and really emphasizing these truths um, so that folks that are serving every day and giving so much have an opportunity to receive. So thank you for this. Any last words that you want to share that, you know, oh, let's not finish until we make this point to really bless folks and, and help them to be able to practice this in their own lives? Mm-hmm. I do. It's a lifestyle shift. It's something that takes practice to be able to connect with the father at a heart level. So if you're going to embark on this, you know, give yourself some grace because we all have those moments like you talked about when you were on that staircase, but we could have more of them. And isn't that what we really want is to have that intimate relationship. And so to do that, it takes a certain amount of patience, practice, and grace. Yeah, it's a a very good reminder. And sometimes we're so long suffering with other people, but we don't apply that well to ourselves. So I appreciate that reminder too. Lisa, you're a joy. I so appreciate you. Thank you for what you've brought here today. I pray you have a a wonderful Christmas. And folks, thanks for joining us today in Pregnancy Help Podcast. God bless you. And um, again, Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Help Podcast. To find out more about the topics discussed in this session or to subscribe to future episodes, visit heartbeatinternational.org slash podcast. Thank you for your service in this life-saving ministry.